the best I'm blessed to know that lust is a test I used to be the victim now I'm just envisioning I'm knowing this is I'm Susie Landolfi and welcome to Be Crazy Well Now why would a therapist say that because we all have mental health struggles even therapists The good news is we have so much more information about how we can be crazy well On my podcast we don't focus on what's wrong with us we want to know what happened to us. We're going to explore how trauma affected us, both negatively and positively. That's right. I said positively. It's called post-traumatic growth, and it's a real thing. Be Crazy Well will share mental health wellness practices, the newest mental health research, and most importantly, how we all get to create the person we deserve to be and the life we deserve to live. So join the mental health evolution and be crazy well. Good morning. So, look, I haven't combed my hair. And uh, the only thing I did was I put on my earrings. That might be one of the first things I do when I get up in the morning. I know it's odd. We all have our uniqueness and I'm drinking my tea, which I have to have every morning just the way I like it. So I make sure I bring the tea bags with me when I travel and they're called PG tips. And I have it with sugar, organic, turbinated or turbinado sugar and cream. It's the best especially if I haven't slept well. This is for all of you out there that struggle with sleeping. And I've been thinking about this a lot because I struggle with sleeping. Then I started to do something the veterans taught me to do. I started to do an AAR, but I backwards planned, like our backwards research this. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. It's early. I haven't had all my tea. Anyway, what I did was I looked at why I don't sleep well now. And then I started to go back and take a look at my years and especially my younger years and my childhood. So I don't sleep well because I don't rest well. I realized that one of the things that I do before I sleep is I do too much during the day. I put too many responsibilities on my plate. I want to overachieve. I want to do more. I believe I have to do more. I'm concerned if I'm not doing enough. And so my day doesn't set me up to sleep. In fact, it does just the opposite. Now, I'd think that most people would think, and I certainly liked it, oh, look how much I did today. I'm tired now. I should sleep. I even boxed yesterday, and I'm moving, and I'm still working. But that's not exactly how it works. Because most of us that do too much worry too much. And we don't worry about doing too much we worry about not doing enough. And then we worry about not doing it well. And then we get 
overtired. I don't know if you've ever seen a child that's overtired. It's not a pretty sight. They don't sound uh, well. They don't sound happy. And they struggle because they're so overtired and they're so uncomfortable uh, that all they can do is let you know that they're uncomfortable. And they then struggle to go to sleep. And what do we do? We try to do everything to calm them to go to sleep. Or worse, this is a great one, we yell at them, go to bed, go to sleep. I was thinking how well that probably works to prepare us for sleeping. And I realized if I don't rest, if I'm doing too much, if I'm worrying about what I'm doing and not doing it well, I'm not preparing myself for sleep. I'm doing just the opposite. Now, there's a couple more factors about sleep that I've discovered for me that I want to share with you. If I drink a lot of coffee during the day, there's a new one called Oleato. It has, I know you're going to, this is going to sound terrible, but it has uh, olive oil in it. That's right, olive oil in your coffee. Now, I'm half Italian. I can put olive oil on anything, maybe not my tea. Anyway, I've noticed it also has a tremendous amount of caffeine. So one of the things I know about me is if I'm already hyped up, if I'm already on the go, if I'm already running on adrenaline or sugar or caffeine, then I'm not preparing myself for sleep. So I'm ramping myself up. I'm giving myself substances that's going to push me beyond my uh, ability. And it's going to mask my tiredness. Because I have to keep going. I can't go to sleep till 9, 10, 11, whatever it is. So I'm going to have to take something if I'm already tired from the night before. So now I'm in the vicious cycle. So it's not only what I do or don't do, it's not only that I don't believe I deserve to rest, I am not setting myself up to sleep. I noticed something else about working with combat veterans and professional athletes, maybe more than the civilian world, is they are always in preparation. That's it, always in preparation. Like they're preparing and preparing and preparing for the mission that might come, for the mission that is coming, for the game, for the match. They're in constant state of preparation. I work with a wonderful young professional boxer. And one of the things he noticed and we worked on was after the fight, he actually has a harder time coming down and resting and not doing as much than he does when he's preparing for the fight. And that's probably partly because of that really massive amounts of adrenaline that flows through our system. So we worked on a, a concept that I think is really interesting. And again, from the military, um, do I have permission? Permission granted. And when I heard those words, I thought, oh, that's amazing because I don't give myself permission. I do not grant myself permission to not do as much 
to rest and to prepare myself for sleep. So what I'm doing now is I'm doing all of that. I'm preparing myself for sleep during the day. I'm actually giving myself permission to sleep. It's something I now am looking forward to. And it's funny, it's not just looking forward to going to bed, which I think is interesting because we say to kids, go to bed. And sometimes we say go to sleep. Um, But the first thing we say is go to bed. And I thought, how do we prepare ourselves to even go to bed? I know how to prepare myself to go to movies or to the store or to an event. But how do I prepare myself to go to bed? And then how do I prepare myself to go to sleep? Because sometimes I want to be in my bed and not sleep yet. So I invite you all to think about what it is that you do or don't do for yourself to give you permission to sleep. There's a couple of other things that I've learned that help me a lot uh, in terms of preparing myself to sleep and give myself permission. I um, I know that my sheets are super important to me. What is on my body, whether it's my pajamas first or no pajamas, or and then it's really important, my sheets, is they have to be okay. When I crawl into that cocoon, that has to be comfortable. And sand, cracker crumbs, um, even sheets that are not as clean uh, or as fresh, let's just put it that way, as fresh. I realize that the smell in my bed is important. We've done research to know that lavender actually does calm us down. And so this whole idea that your bed is a sanctuary, it is a resting place. I think about those of us that are you know, into horses and animals. We First thing we do in the morning is feed the animals and then we go clean their resting place. If they're not in the wild uh, and they're in their barn, then we go and clean out all the poop and put in fresh savings, uh, shavings. So he's thinking, how do we prepare our room for sleep? We know that the room being darker is better for sleep. So I was thinking about that, and I know they have those dark curtains now. See, before people got up when it was light and went to bed when it was dark, because all they had was pretty much fire and candles. So as we got more ability to have more light, there's no reason to have to go to bed when it's dark anymore. What I've noticed, though, is that I can use those curtains. There's like all these plug-in chargers now with blue lights. Have you noticed that? That blue light is so bright. So I have to remind myself, how is the atmosphere, how is the lighting in my bedroom? So my bed, uh, the lighting. Then I have to think about what do I actually do before I go to sleep? Well, I used to read, and that would put me to sleep pretty quickly, actually. And then, of course, the phone. I admit it. I'm on the phone. And I realize that the light that's coming at me, I realize all the information that's coming at me. And it's I can switch into information very quickly 
from one thing to another. In the book, the book is guiding me. On my phone, I'm the one jumping around. Or television. Uh, I said for years I would never have a TV in my bedroom. I'm looking at the TV now in my bedroom. And I said that because I knew that it would stop me from reading. I knew it would stop me from making love. I knew it would stop me from getting myself prepared and winding myself down. I knew it was going to wind me up. So I got to go back and take a look at that. So on my bedstand right now is I have three books. Of course, I don't have one. I have three. So I'm going to go back to do better preparation, even in my bedroom. Now we're moving. My room actually is filled with boxes right now. And I thought, okay, now I have to get, I have to get used to a new bedroom, which gives me a new start. Gives me a start about what this sleeping bedroom place is going to be. So if you think about your bedroom as an adult, you probably spend more time sleeping in that room than dressing or doing anything else. So I thought, oh, I'm going to really make sure that it's a great place to sleep. I recently got a new mattress. That was really important. That helps a lot. Now, I want to share one more thing that's actually difficult to talk about, and it so inhibited my sleep. So you know that I'm a huge believer because the research tells us so, and I know from my own experience that childhood is the greatest influence on our life. And I oftentimes talk to parents about their struggle. And I ask them point blank, do you argue? Yeah, but we argue at night when the kids are asleep. And I said to them, you know, people can hear in a coma. What makes you think they're not listening when you're arguing at night? Meaning not awake that they're hearing, that their central nervous system is picking up an issue, a scary issue. If going to bed was and is a punishment, I want you to think about that for a second. Using bed as a punishment. Are they want to go, go to bed? Do they want to go to sleep? What if going to sleep was, and going into the bedroom was a time for connection. It's time to get read to. It's time to talk. It's time to, to even have some silliness for a while. And then the adult helps the child slowly calm down until everybody's deep breathing and the adrenaline's going away and there is permission to sleep. That it's actually a connection time, a time that we relish, that we enjoy that we hold sacred. And the second part of children and trauma and going to bed is sexual molestation. I was sexually attacked in a boat, uh, the bow of a boat where we were sleeping. I was 10. He was 26. His wife was passed out drunk next to me. Um, so, you know, the bow of the boat comes to a point. So there's a bed on the one side and bed on the other. And then there's a piece of wood that's like a pie piece of pie and it goes in with another cushion and I was so little I could sleep there and this particular gentleman who was very helpful to my family he was uh, helping to protect us from a very 
uh, unscrupulous uh, landlord and uh, fraudulent and really horrible. And he was protecting us because he lived downstairs. And he was out uh, on the boat with other boats next to us. And he was uh, uh, crab, not crabbing, he was going for lobsters. I think he was actually stealing them out of other people's traps. And anyway, so he comes in drunk, completely drunk, and attacks me. I'm 10, so I fight him off as best I can. Now, I was worried about his wife waking up and freaking out. I was terrified and thought about if my mom found out, he wouldn't be able to help us anymore. And I know how much she depended on him. We were so poor. And I went through all of that in seconds in my head about I knew I wasn't going to tell anybody. That was two o'clock in the morning. Now, how do I know that? Because there was actually a watch on next, it's like a windowsill uh, there, one of the uh, windows on the bow of the boat. And there was a watch on that somewhere on one of those little ledges. And I looked over and I could see it was two o'clock. For years, I'm telling you, I don't, can't even remember, count how many years. I would finally fall asleep maybe 12 or 11, 12, something like that after trying. And of course, then you worry about not sleeping and not being able to fall asleep. So then you can't sleep. But anyway, I I would wake up at two o'clock in the morning on the nose. I could be dead asleep. And then all of a sudden, my eyes popped open and I was wide awake at two o'clock in the morning. The body keeps the score. The body remembers the body was trying to protect me. You know, it's an it's an interesting dilemma when your body's trying to help you, but the helping is actually hurting you. So I had to go back and and redo that trauma. Now, how do you do that? I can't take it away. All I can do is allow myself and give myself permission to not wake up. And did some sort of interesting things. I told myself before I went to sleep, he's dead. He's not coming back. There's no one else coming in this room. Um, and if they do, now I'm ready. Um, I made my house safer so that no one could come in. Or at least there would be lots. Always have a dog. So I did certain things that would give me permission. Probably the best thing I did was to tell myself before I went to sleep what I wanted. I want to sleep. I do not want to wake up at two o'clock in the morning. Body, do not take uh, wake me up at two o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to do that. And I don't want you to do it for me. And it actually worked. Didn't work the first time. Didn't work the second time. It took practice and it took a while. And the second thing that I did was I learned about how important deep breathing is. Out of all the things that helps me with any anxiety, any moment of worry, any struggle, is this idea that oxygen will actually help me think and deal better. Plus the fact it will cut off the adrenaline that I don't need when it's not really a, a um, uh, an emergency or a crisis. And falling asleep shouldn't be a crisis and shouldn't be an emergency. So that's what I do now. And it's 
been life-saving. Some people will use prayer. Some people will use meditation. I've used that too. I still do that. Um, there's lots of things. Music. I remember as a little kid that my mom was so anxious and we were so poor that if she could get a better house with only two bedrooms, that was one for me and my sister, and she slept on the couch. And I remember that she also slept to the television. And I think now that that's part of her loneliness, that that was her companion. And I think about that too, that many people like to fall asleep with the television. I can't do that. I understand why people do. Alcohol will not make you sleep. It passes you out. You're not sleeping. That's not going to help. Some people use pot, um, sleep meds, same idea. You will be passed out, but you're not necessarily sleeping. I've had several clients go to a sleep study. Uh, That's been helpful. Certainly the inability to breathe. I want to go back and talk about that breath again, because I, I remember now that when you snore, you're not really breathing well. And you're waking yourself up constantly, never mind somebody else. So that idea that you go to a sleep study or you get a sleep pap or better, stop smoking, stop drinking as much, lose some weight. And all of a sudden the airways in your head and in your chest open up and you can breathe better because oxygen's the best drug we got on the planet. So those are some of the things that I recognize. I know that a horrible trauma at night like I had is difficult to give yourself permission to sleep. When I talk to combat veterans, I can't even imagine trying to sleep in a fob on the battlefield. I mean, how deep sleep are you really going to have? Knowing that at any time, uh, some kind of attack can happen, whether it's from a, a, a bomb or a mortar or something. So there's all kinds of situations that interfere or do not get give you sleep. Uh, possibly a parent who's out of control, a parent that comes home and maybe is violent. How well is a child going to sleep? Uh, not knowing if you're going to move, not knowing if mom and dad are getting divorced or dad and dad or mom and mom, doesn't matter. It matters that children are in a constant state of worry when there's chaos at home and their sleep is going to be interrupted as well. When we don't sleep, we don't have enough rest. We're going to look for fuel some other way. Lots of people eat more than they actually need and that can interfere with your sleep. And obviously that's not the best fuel to have. We tend to eat sugar, carbohydrates, anything that can give us some quick energy. I've always believed that we need a four-day work week, always. I know that even for myself, the first day off is, I'm not calmed down yet. (laughs) That's not happening. Second day, much better. I need one more day to get myself ready. So just the fact that we could slow down a bit, slow down and do better. I always say that when we slow down, we do better. What uh, Another thing I learned from the military men and women that I adore is uh, this idea of slow is smooth, smooth is fast. 
brilliant. So I've slowed down a lot. So I just wanted to share all this with you that it's important, it's imperative, nothing, nothing will short circuit, overtax, hurt our ability to be uh, calm, thoughtful, um, and uh, caring than to have a lack of sleep. Nothing. What's the first thing we do to torture people? We don't let them sleep. We know that it breaks us down physically, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually. We know that when you don't have enough rest, your uh, autoimmune system cannot function well. And we are then really susceptible to all kinds of autoimmune issues, one of which is cancer. So I, I invite you, I give you permission to sleep, to be able to create a place to sleep that is helpful. And if you don't sleep one night, here's what, one more thing I've learned I'll share with you. If I have gotten myself overtired, if I can't sleep, I don't worry about it anymore. Here's what I know now. Even if I don't sleep well one night, I can still function in that day as long as I slow down, as long as I'm mindful that I'm running on a little less energy. I don't fill myself up with soda or anything else. I go through the day and I get home early and I get to that bed because I know I'm going to sleep. I know I'm going to sleep the next night and I'm grateful for that. So here's to you all. This is my um, favorite mug. It's my wild horses on it. Boy, do horses know how to rest and sleep. Oh. That tea just starts me off in such a good mood. All right, everybody. Welcome to Be Crazy Well. And when you're crazy well, you'll sleep better. That's an important aspect of being crazy well. Be Your Best Self, our theme song by Calvin Love. And uh, the next time I do one of these, I'm going to be in a new house. So you won't be seeing that behind me. It's going to all be different. All my hats now are off the wall. And we're moving just, just a mile away. Bigger house, easier, um, and some nice uh, recreational parts of it for our family. All right. Thank you so much. I hope you sleep well tonight and as many nights as you possibly can. <laughs>